What is going on, everybody? I'm Nick, and you're listening to Almost Canon. We got Chad here, and we also have another guest. You want to introduce yourself? You want? I can do it. You can do it. Whichever way is better for you. I'm Alice. And you told me a story a long time ago. I don't even know. I want to say years at this point, which is weird. Yeah, it was definitely like pre-pandemic, I think. Yeah. Years ago, I was told a story about a little man in the woods who was doing some creepy things. Um, and longtime listeners might remember me trying to tell this story on some episode. I don't even know. Way back when the show first started. And there's no way that I did it any justice. I, I didn't. I already know I didn't. So I really wanted to bring you on and have you tell the story. Um, and I finally got you here. So yeah, we can start whenever. I mean, I want I want to hear the story again. Okay. Before we get into tonight's story, I just wanted to quickly remind everybody that we still have the one hundred dollar Amazon gift card giveaway going on right now. Now, all you have to do, rate and review the show, send a screenshot of that rating to Almost Canon Pod at gmail.com and you will be automatically entered to win the $100 Amazon gift card. Also, if you have had an encounter with the unknown and you want to share your story, please send us an email at that same email, almostcanonpod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our Facebook page, send us a Facebook message, you know, do whatever you got to do to get a hold of us. You got the Facebook, you got the email, you can even try our Instagram at almostcanonpod. However you want to do it, just do it. Get a hold of us, we want to hear your story, and you never know, you might be on the podcast. Now that all that business is out of the way, let's get back to Alice's story. Um. So, first of all, I worked all day today, and if my delivery is bad i'm so sorry <laughs> my mind is is totally no that's right fine now. it's fine um <laughs> it's all good let it be organic go with it yeah okay so this takes place in fairfax vermont which is a part of franklin county and my family had just moved there in 1999 and it in my memory it seems like it was that late fall early winter of that year it could have been the following year i can't really remember um but we moved into the into a beautiful home in the woods and um me and my two two of my younger siblings decided that we were going to go for a walk and our house was um built in an old sugar bush and um we have a we had a sugar bush road that went way out into the woods and so this is where people would have taken trucks to go sugaring um to make maple syrup and we would often go up there we were allowed to have free reign of the woods it was wonderful um and actually now that i'm thinking about it this would have probably been in a hunting season or it doesn't seem like it it, that makes sense actually it seems like 
it was probably late enough in the season that hunting season would have been over. Cause I don't think we would have just gone out there um, during hunting season, but it was cold. It was crisp. And we went for a walk um, up to this rock that we all thought looked like the big turtle from the never ending story. It was this giant rock um, that we called Morla the ancient one. Love it. <laughs> and so we went out, <laughs> we went out to Morla and um, it was weird because without ever talking about it, we all stopped at the rock, even though the, the road kept going and we could have kept walking it. Um, the entire time that we lived there, we never went past Morla, the rock. Um, and this day was no different. We walked up to the rock and we were horsing around and playing. And um, all of a sudden it felt like the air changed or the sound changed in my memory it seems like if there were any noises in the woods like birds chirping or just i don't know any ambient noise it just seemed like there was like a vacuum all of a sudden it got really quiet um and <clears throat> all of us us kids got quiet and my younger sister um points and she's like do you see that and i looked and i couldn't see anything and she was like, no, look over there by that tree and I'm not seeing anything. And she keeps insisting to us that she does see something. And our younger brother um, is starting to get annoyed because he thinks we're picking on him. And he's starting to get scared that we're seeing something that he's not. And he's starting to get very annoyed with us. Like, come on guys, this isn't, you know, there's nothing out there. Stop trying to scare me. And Liz, my sister Liz sees something. I don't see anything. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'm noticing like lights just kind of materializing. It reminded me of, of little Christmas lights. And actually when I first saw Stranger, the show Stranger Things, when they're in the upside down and there's all of like the floating yeah, like the ash or snow in the air. Yeah. yeah. Yep. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that reminded me of what I saw in the woods that time. That's sort of how the lights looked. They were almost like in a suspension. Hmm. And Did they it were seem teams. like time was freezing too? Maybe only because we were scared. Or I, speaking for myself, maybe it was because I was starting to get that fight or flight feeling. And I've had that before in other instances. And time does seem to stand still when you're when your adrenaline starting to go and you're mm. like, Oh shit. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she's pointing and she's insisting, like she's almost getting mad. Like you don't see that there's a little guy behind the tree. Again, I'm not seeing anything, but I'm starting to see these lights floating, floating around um, in the air and the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. And I'm actually to this day, not really sure if they also saw the lights or if it was just me, but she insisted that she saw a little person standing by a tree and he was a little Brown guy. She kept saying it was a little Brown guy. I didn't see him in, in, as like a full apparition, but I saw what looked like an outline of a little humanoid being peeking out at us from behind the tree. It was almost like I was seeing, um, seeing an image without that hadn't been colored in yet. It was just like an, like a hologram almost and these lights and I just, this dread took over me, this panic. And I was like, we got to go. 
and we start running back for the house. My little brother is furious. He still, I don't think, saw anything and thought that we were just messing with him. But um, we just took off. It was like a stranger danger kind of feeling, if I remember correctly. Like, I don't know. I Before I actually saw something and my sister was saying that she saw something, I remember being afraid that there was a person in the woods with us, which to me is exponentially more scary than seeing uh, like a ghost or an alien or a, a fairy for some reason. Like if there had been a, a person that suddenly appeared, it would have scared me a lot more. Um, and I think that's what I was thinking she was seeing at first. And um, it turns out it was a little creature. And um, yeah, that was pretty much it. We ran home and we were panicked and little brother still was like, I hate you guys. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> and we're like, we're not making this up. It's real. So when you like, what's the age difference between all of you guys? Um, two, two years between me and Liz and four years between me and my brother. And who's the oldest? Me. Okay. And yours, and you mind me asking the age that you guys saw all this? Like, what was the? I think I was probably around 11 or 12. So they would have been like 10 and 8 or 9, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we were pretty little. How did you, when you had all this go down, how did your your psyche wrap around all this? What did you, what were your thoughts after it was all said and done? Um, you know, it's, so I've had a lot of weird things happen to me throughout my life. I've seen ghosts, I've seen UFOs and, um, something that always kind of strikes me as odd after I have strange experiences is kind of how nonchalant I will feel afterward. And I've heard other experiencers sort of say the same thing, like, oh, I saw a UFO and then kind of forgot about it. Like, why would you forget something like that? It was kind of like that. Like once we got back to the house, um, it was like, we talked about it. And of course my little brother was really upset and we had messed with him so much up to that point, like playing pranks on him and just being <laughs> evil big sisters. Um, I think he was just fed up and done and we let him believe that it was a trick. But um, I remember my sister and I being like, that was crazy. Like, what did we just see? But then just kind of moving on with the rest of our day, like nothing happened. Um, but I never stopped thinking about it. It was one of those things where like in the immediate aftermath of it, I was kind of like, oh, whatever. But I would think about it falling asleep at night. Mm -hmm. And I would think about it every time I went into the woods after that. And actually after that, I never went back into the woods alone. It took me years before I would go up there alone. So I think it scared me probably more than I thought it did in the moment. But when you're afraid, you're just like, I got to go. And you don't process it until later. Do you remember hearing anything? I forget if you mentioned this. Or not. Like when you were seeing the no, lights I, that you heard before you saw the lights? No. Not really. It seemed like it just got like... um it was like a vacuum, like, like, uh, just completely void of oh, yeah. sound. It was weird. 
I mean, I, I'm thinking about. I go back to the age thing for some reason, and I'm wondering because you know when they we talk about these, we're all somehow sensitive. A lot of us are, anyway, if we acknowledge it, mm -hmm. right? Nick and I have talked about this many times, and um, you know, you could avoid the truth all you want, but sometimes it just kind of it manifests itself, and you have to kind of take a look at that. <clears throat> and I'm interested to see that when you saw the figure, because your sister saw something, right? Mm -hmm. She saw like an actual, I will say the colored in version of what you saw. Mm -hmm. And she's a little bit younger than you. And they say, you know, there's some sort of statistical data saying that the percentages of people that are younger have this more heightened sense to the, the surroundings. Right. And I find it interesting too, because you think about your little brother, he was probably so enamored with the, we'll call it what it is, the ball breaking from the sisters Right. That he probably avoided it as much as possible. But the two of you were honed in. And I, I find it, it very interesting about the dynamic of how you all perceived, at least the three of you, saw mm -hmm. this very differently. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Um, I recently watched something about the um, the aerial school <clears throat> UFO incident. Do you guys know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, what is it south africa yep. I think somewhere so, yeah. in africa but um all of the kids had kind of similar accounts but very interestingly like they had similar stories but they were all a little different in some ways and it sort of reminds me of that it's certainly you know aliens didn't land in front of us or maybe that's what it was i don't know never say never but um you know we it it's interesting. I'll have to ask my sister if she, what she remembers about that day. I'd be very curious to know now, like even how my own recollection at 35 years old now is different from, you know, what she seems to remember. Um, but I do think that there's something to be said about her age and her, um, perhaps her abilities being even that much fresher than mine with right. a two year age difference for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a long, everybody knows that, like, kids can see ghosts, right? I think we even talked about this initially when you first told me the story. How, how, I forget, sorry, I, I know you, I know you must have said it. How old were you when, when this happened? I think I was 11 or 12. Okay, right. Um, I think I've even heard things about, like, you know, you you come on to the, that teenage, those teenage years, and it's kind of like a transition like in Harry Potter, when he turns 11, you know, he gets his magic and stuff like this. Like, she didn't just make this stuff up. This is stuff that's known, you know, throughout people who, who talk about this kind of stuff. So I, it's interesting that she definitely saw something. And you could see just, you know, some of it. Like The almost, suggestion of it almost. Right. It and was I, like, uh, I was seeing sort of like she was seeing the 3d of it and i was seeing sort of like the astral projection of it almost if you want to call it that and it is interesting um you i've heard that too before about like poltergeist activity that often there's a teenage girl in the house or a girl who's kind of like coming of age in homes where there happens to be poltergeist activity or just yeah high strangeness in general yeah i know another thing that when you mentioned it instantly grabbed my attention was well there's two things you 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 said he was a brown i'm assuming he had brown skin that's brown. what she 
she kept saying there's a little brown guy over there. Right. And I know like if you look in fairy folklore, there's, you know, this whole thing about brownies and they work around these houses and you're talking about sugaring and that you had just moved into a house that was like had a sugar shack or a sugar barn. And so, you know, a lot of work needs to be done around there. It's just something that caught my attention. And also you were talking like I asked if you had heard anything and you said it was kind of like a vacuum and a void. Everything was silent. There are all these lights floating around. Um, and I've been getting really into this whole portal business. Like, I don't know. It's just something that interests me. And it, it sounds like, you know, something was opening up. It was taking the energy and, you know, sound and all this stuff is you break it down. It, it's, it's energy. It was taking all this energy from the surrounding woods to open wherever it was, you know, this portal, which um, could have been what the lights were coming from. Um, it sounds crazy. Like <laughs> I sound crazy. No, I, you're speaking my language. It was like, I don't know if like the lights were some, were like little pinholes in, in reality, you know, like it just was this very surreal dreamlike experience. And I've always in my, in my mind, I've always thought it was sort of, I always told myself like it was probably some kind of a fairy that, that we saw or a Tomten or a, a, a goblin or an elf or I don't know. Um, but a Tomten, it's yeah. like, a it's, um, a Scandinavian legend, I guess you could call it in Scandinavian folklore, Tomten or Tomten are like little um, house gnomes and there's one that lives at every house and supervises your home while you're sleeping and guards the house and like makes sure um, everything is um, up to par basically there's a famous children's story about the Tomten um, and it's like a Christmas story huh. and just for the viewers reference we got a little this little story right here yeah! the Tom oh never even heard of it yeah. Tomten Sound that sounds exactly yeah. what a brownie is, you know. But a brownie is from English folklore, you know. Well, that's something to take into account here too. Is is like enough people and cultures have a very similar description of these things, right? And we all have our different version of it. We'll call it a brownie, fairy, new one, Tomten. You know, this is one that's knowledge. This is new knowledge to me, and. I mean, Nick and I have talked about this many times in my formal experience that even brought me on the show originally was we've kind of discussed it that I had most likely may have been transported to another realm during my experience when I had a supernatural experience. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that episode at no. Pinewood, Pinewood Cemetery, if you get a chance to, you know, um, that was down in Troy, New York. Uh, what is Nick is the 13th gate of hell, I think we found out or something like that. Yeah, it's classified as that. So I, you know, it's one of those things I won't get into the story now, but however, there is a lot of this uh, kind of this pseudo connection between when people have these experiences in some sort of flash of light change in the, the, the temperature, um, like you mentioned, which I really appreciate the, the description, the vacuum, like there's no sound in a vacuum. It's just the sucking out the air and then the lights. I don't know. I mean, from what I'm hearing, you guys might have been somewhere else when this all went down. And who knows I, if that rock, whether we're calling it a symbolism or not, 
it might actually be a real thing, you know, that area. Oh, yeah, that rock, that interests me, too. Because you definitely point it, uh, if I can remember, kind of going off what you originally told me, because I, I was distracted when you were first telling the story here. Um, But it was like this rock was like the, the halfway mark where you, you weren't supposed to go past it, right? So... I was actually just saying how, yeah, the rock was always the place we stopped. And it was never because we were told not to go past it. It was like me and my siblings just understood there was like, we don't go past the rock. It was like something intuitively stopped us from going ahead. And I actually, I still have never been past. Oh no, I have been past the rock. Actually, I got lost in the woods and wound up. um, Oh my God. I like forgot about that. (laughs) You totally just jogged my memory. Okay. So this is weird. So um, many years after that. So if I was 12 ish, when that happened, when I was about 15, I was full of angst and mad about something and wasn't feeling well, I remember. And I just started walking into the woods um, just to clear my head. And I got lost. And I don't know how I got lost. I wasn't really walking anywhere that I don't normally go. And I had our two family dogs with me and um, we walked and walked and walked around the woods and it would have been way past the rock. Um, And I walked clear through the woods out the other side to another road, like a couple miles away. And um, I still have no idea how I did it. I got completely turned around. I, um, I had no clue where I was. I just, it was the weirdest thing. Um, I've never been lost in the woods since, knock on wood. And when I popped out, I popped out near, and I got there and I knew where I was immediately when I saw the farm. And I was like, okay, I know where we are. So we just started following the road back home. And I'm not kidding. I was like miles away from my house. And um, years later, I when I met my husband, who, um, I was telling him this story for some reason about getting lost in the woods. And I told him that I wound up near the farm and he was like, wait, where were you? And I told him where I lived and where I wound up. And he's like, Oh, that's my uncle's farm. And I was like, Oh, that's so random that like, I'm telling you the story about how I got lost in the woods and ended up near this farm. And you happen to be related to this guy. (laughs) And I always felt like there was something to that. And I don't know why, but, um, But anyway, like getting lost in the woods was very weird. And when I went home and told my stepdad what happened, he said that um, the way that it the way that it's situated out in the woods is that you kind of go up a hill and then the woods kind of comes into this bowl or this valley. And he said that he's actually gotten lost in there or near lost a few times. Um, And he's a very experienced hunter and woodsman and he um, works the land up there and does a lot of logging and um sugars up there and everything and he was like no I have gotten weirdly turned around up there many times it's not that unusual and I was like well don't tell don't try to make me feel better like I feel like a big idiot and he was like no I'm not kidding for some reason I get back I get out there and it's just weird um and he said too that um there's somewhere back there, there are the remnants of a foundation of a house, like a really old stone foundation where it was clear somebody had like dug for water, like this would have been like 
historic, like way back in the day, somebody tried to dig a well and there was an old foundation. Um, I always thought that was kind of creepy too, but. Mm. Where exactly if, uh, did this happen? In Fairfax, Vermont. Oh. Yeah. And another thing too, is we had built our house there in 99. And so this was with, within at least two years of that. And for some reason, me and my little sister and my mom always had this theory that a lot of the, like the weird paranormal stuff that we experienced there was because um, we had disturbed the land. Like, I don't know where we came up with that theory, but we had all experienced strange things. My grandparents built a house next door to us at the time. And me, my mom, and my meme, my grandmother, we all experienced at different times on different nights, seeing the same like wispy apparition visit us in the middle of the night. And nobody knew that it had happened to each other until I think my mom had said something about, and I was like, wait, I've seen that too. And my grandmother was like, I've seen that. <laughs> so there's definitely something out there. Interesting. Yeah, I was just looking up on Fairfax, that area, and I, you know, there's a, a significant amount of limestone deposits up there, too, mm -hmm. which, you know, when you say water resources, usually those kind of coexist with each other. But I wanted to do something just as a thought process, you know, because I want to I'm curious to know about this memory recall thing here. But um, if you were to, like, really think back and it really does help to close your eyes if you were willing to try to think back, what was what do you remember, like the sounds, the scent, the things around you? What do you remember on that hike past the rock? On the hike or on the day of the, on the day that the hike I got the lost? Day you went out with the dogs and you were angst and okay. you were. It was damp outside. Like um, it was, I remember the reason I went out was because it was warmer than usual. And it was maybe, it was actually kind of the same time of year, like late November, early December, maybe. And it was just not maybe humid, but like had just a dampness outside. It was foggy. I remember um, a lot of the little brooks and streams were running. Um, I remember the smell of the leaves and the moss and everything. Like if you had, if, I didn't know that it was just kind of a thaw that was happening. I would have thought that it was springtime. Like it was very, very warm. And what about like the energy in the air? Cause you seem sensitive to that stuff. Did you know, did you feel something? Yeah, that day in particular, I remember being sad about something or kind of um, annoyed or, you know, I was bothered. I was kind of agitated and when I went out into the woods, I remember not feeling alone. I felt like I was going to meet somebody. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know where that just came from, but I felt like I was going to meet somebody, even though nobody appeared. But um, yeah, I went to clear wow. my head, and I think it. I think it was just like. Um. I don't know. I had a reason to be there for some reason. Like I was kind of on a mission. So it's interesting because I saw your facial expressions change a bit too. And don't mind me. I'm a bit of a, th I'm a therapist. So that's oh, what I do. Cool. <laughs> that's one of my other jobs. 
Um, and I, I see that your, your facial expressions change and it's interesting. Now I, I wondering when you went past the rock, I wonder if something is stepping into another feeling of existence, mm-hmm. right? It's suddenly, and then you were just on this kind of travel, this, this journey. And I'm wondering if you, did you feel better after you went through all that? Yeah. I remember, um, when I finally, um, so the way I found my, the way I found my way out of the woods was I ended up finding another logging trail or like a sugar bush road. Like I could tell vehicles had been in and out of the woods. So I started to follow it out and I ended up in a cornfield near a road and that feeling of, um, I did it. Like I got out that feeling of accomplishment of getting lost and then getting myself unlost was, um, it was a really, really special feeling. But I want to go back to something and Nick, maybe you can work with me on this one. You didn't feel alone though. I had to describe it. It was like, um, it was like, like there were two of me, there was me. And then there was another me that was also with me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but it was like maybe like higher self or a future me that was like, come on, like, keep going, keep going. Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but this sounds reminiscent of some astral project- projection a little bit. It definitely sounds weird. Um, I don't know what I'm picking up that I got my mind on. I don't know if you ever heard of missing four on one. Um, but oftentimes with children, they'll get lost in the woods and they'll end up miles away from where they were found. Um, I find it interesting that you walked two miles or however many miles back, you know, to this farmhouse and you didn't even, you know, realize that you, you had walked so far. That That's interesting. And I mean, I'm trying to search here for missing people in like the Fairfax area. And there seems to be a lot going on, which is also really weird. That's creepy. (laughs) Um, Around that same time, Brianna Maitland would have been about to go missing. Probably Mm. within a year of that. Well, and I'm wondering too, if this is some sort of like focal point of, I don't know, maybe a, a portal in people, because we had a discussion about this not, not too long ago about um, this gentleman in, uh, was it the Troy area, Nick, you had found it, that the guy had gone out hunting with his his family, and uh, he was he was uh, disabled. Yeah, that was And he, what's that? It was New York. New York, yeah, Troy, it was Troy, a Troy-ish area or outside oh, of Troy, yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah. Uh... A little north. I, I forget exactly where it was. It was north, but, um, but yeah. So he went missing. They couldn't find him, and he just suddenly, basically, and just disappeared. And uh, there was a one guy you had said that he was trying to. It was uh, he was like kind of like a tracker that was trying to track down where this guy disappeared to. Um, and it's interesting because they couldn't find any trace of him. And the I think it was the son. I think it was that brought him. Out into the woods, they couldn't. There was no traces. Yeah, it was like um, 
couple of them. And then he was, he was hunting and he was sitting on a rock. There were a couple of them and they were all driving deer down towards him. And then one of the guys that was near him heard like a metallic sound. That's all he could describe was a metallic That's sound. It. And this guy just disappeared. He was handicapped. He was blind. He only had one eye. Um, and they sat him on this rock and, he, you know, he's not going anywhere. He can barely move. And they never found him. Even to this day. I mean, he's just vanished. Which I mean, there's tons of case. If you if you've heard of missing four on four one one, there's tons of cases like this all over, um, which is mm-hmm. what grabbed my attention when you you passed a rock. Excited to get you 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 mentioned fog, which which is something that I hear a lot about whenever the fog rolls in. Which I mean, you know, people have been getting lost in fog for as long as people have been walking in fog, but it always seems to pop up in cases like this. And it's just it's it's very interesting to me that. You walk so far, you didn't realize it, you know. Um, I've read four tons of these four missing four one one cases in these. It's it's often children who get lost and they're refound, but they're miles up to 14, 15, 16 miles away, and they're found hours later. Like there's no way these these two year olds, two, three, five year olds, can walk sixteen miles in a couple hours, you know. But I mean it's just yeah, something Something weird is going on. Um, I would like to investigate the the land, like kind of like um, you know, maybe not necessarily go there, but look up the history. If there's a house out there, an old foundation, there's got to be some record of it within maybe even the historical society. I was thinking about something else too while we were talking about this. What was your concept of time, or was it? Did it seem like when you went for that walk that it kind of you just kind of appeared at the other end. Did you feel like time kind of just kind of went real quick or it just wasn't even there? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, I was walking and then all at once I didn't know where I was. And I was like, did I come from here? And it seemed like I just got turned around so fast. Mm. Um, and then I have one really vivid memory of, um, helping my dogs across a stream And then the next thing I know, I'm kind of just walking out into a cornfield. I find this road, like kind of just as I'm starting to panic a little bit, like, shit, it's going to start getting dark soon. Um, Nobody knows where I am. That was the other thing I kept thinking was like, I didn't tell anybody that I took off. And I started to get really freaked out. And if I didn't have my dogs with me, I probably would have been crying the whole time. Um, But it just, yeah, it seemed like time passed very quickly, which that in itself maybe isn't so unusual because I feel like when I hike anyway, time flies. I can hike miles and miles. And Mm. I, you know, that I'm looking at the time and I'm like, holy shit, that like flew right by. well, yeah. I'm, you know what I'm thinking, and just this is my scientific brain thinking about, you know, miles per hour, right? We talk about like how far a car can travel and thinking about the time frame. You're however old. What would you say? 13 after that first experience, 14, 15. Yeah. And you figure you're walking through traversing an area. And I'm wondering from when the time you entered, we'll call it the no, no zone. <laughs> and then when you had stepped into that and how typically long it would take somebody to walk that. Right. And if it was, if your time was actually shorter, you know, I'd be curious to see that because there's, 
there's a lot of correlation here. You had that experience as a younger, as a young child with your sister, something you felt an exchange when you walked past the rock, you were in another, I don't know, we'll call it a plane of existence. Kind of when you were on this journey, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty, so got some pretty factual information that leads me to believe that there are some things going on, we'll say. Mm -hmm. I'll have to ask my parents about <clears throat> the, the lay of the land. And I wonder if I'll have to look up a map or something sometime and just see what the actual distance was between the house and the farm. Like, and if cutting across the woods, like how much time that would have added or shaved off, you know, mm. if you were to do it on the road versus, versus the um, walking through the woods. But I was gone a while and it didn't seem like I was gone that long. And, the other and that actually too... happened. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that happened another time when I went out to Arizona with some friends. We went out to, um, some kind of a, uh, I don't know if it was on a reservation or if it was considered like a state park kind of thing, but it was in the desert and you could go walk through all of these um, Anasazi ruins. And we spent a long time out there. We killed a lot of time. And that was another time where I felt like I was walking around and I felt like I could, there, I felt like there were tons of people around. It was just me and two other friends. And I felt like we were in the middle of Disney world. Like there was, I did not feel alone. And the next thing I know, my friend is like, we got to get going. And I'm like, well, what time is it? Like, it's almost dinner time. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. So it could just be me enjoying nature too. <laughs> I, I, Nick, have you got anything? I got this thought that's ruminating in my head and I want to, I'm going to, I don't know if you have anything that's why before I bogart the conversation. No, I mean, I was just, looking up stuff about the land. The land is interesting. Well, I was thinking about, you know, events in life have a tendency of changing our viewpoint on things, right? You know, perspective and whatnot. And I'm wondering if you're able to remember back, Alex, to what you were like before that experience you had at the rock with your sister and your brother. And what were you like after? Did you feel you were different after that experience? Or do you feel like you've always been that way? Um, like always been that way, like sensitive to things. Sensitivity, sensitivity. Like you know, you feel. I, I get this impression. You got this sense about you, right? Like you kind of feel things, maybe more than some. Totally. Um, I saw the lights. Not exactly like that, but as a kid, I've I've always been that way. It wasn't like a new. Thing for me when I was really little um I used to be afraid to sleep alone and I would sometimes camp out in my mom's room and fall asleep and as I was falling asleep I used to watch tiny little lights come out of the corner of the room and like kind of float by sort of in a suspension and then float back and float out of the room through a wall and I used to watch it happen over and over again and I would fall asleep watching that and I was really really little like probably I'm probably three years old the first time just the same that house? I really remember seeing different house yep 
And I don't, I don't know that they were the same lights, but I had seen things like prior to that um, and had other, you know, paranormal experiences and no, what about things like that? What with that Ouija board behind you? That, that came from, um, so there's a house a couple miles down the road from me, um, an old farmhouse where a friend of mine grew up and that he said they found that in the attic and he gave it to us because <laughs> we're the weird people in town, I guess. So. <laughs> well, then was, uh, put us in the same category an- then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you played with it? Um, This one? No, I don't really think they work. I don't know. Like, I don't, I let my nephews play with it. We had a seance recently and um, they were very intrigued by it. Um but nothing you happened are, and you're braver than I am. <laughs> so with that said, you know, while we're talking about experiences since that time as a child, that sounds like a pretty strong one what would be another one that stands out to you as something that really knocks you on your ass. that really caught your attention. I know you probably got many. God, I do have a lot. Um, Okay, there's two that come to mind. Um, so when I moved in with, so when my husband and I were first dating um, and we moved in together, he lived in a farmhouse on the edge of his parents' farm um, in Sheldon, Vermont. And uh, his house wasn't particularly old, but the house behind us was where a lot of the help on the farm lived, um, a lot of the farm hands. And the heifer barn was behind us. And so there was a lot of like coming and going. And um, he, we lived on like a really, really sharp corner of the road where people would often just biff it and go, you know, underestimate the curve, bad weather. We had milk trucks spill on our curve before. Um, Really, really dangerous part of the road. But um, so we're living close to the farm and Uh, I get in the shower one morning, I come out, I'm wrapped in a towel and my boyfriend at the time is in the kitchen making us coffee and I'm in the towel and I look over at him and then I look down the hallway and there's a man standing at the end of the hallway, like a full, like a full person. And I jump and my husband sees me jump and he's like, what? And I, I, as soon as I blinked, the person was gone. It was completely all me like I was like oh my god and he was like what and I was like did you see that and he's like see what what are you talking about like I think he thought I saw a spider or something and I was like there was just a man at the end of the hallway is your house haunted and he was like he's like not that I've ever noticed um so I was like did anybody die here and he was like oh no I don't think so and um again like saw something completely weird and then was like you know moved on with the rest of my day like nothing happened um, and then a couple weeks later, his mom shares on Facebook, um, a memory and it is about a missing person or not a missing persons, um, an unsolved murder that happened on their farm back in like, t- in the two thousands at some point, you can look it up. There's a man named Kenny and he was shot and killed on their farm and they never figured out who did it. And he used to live in the house behind us. And I didn't know that. 
And I think somewhere maybe in the back of my mind, I kind of remembered the murder on their farm because like everybody in Franklin County heard about it. It was a big deal. They never found out who killed him. Um, and I'm convinced that's who I saw in the house. It just was like the minute I saw the picture of him, I went, that was who I saw. And I don't know. I don't know if that's who I saw. I don't know what I saw, but energetically, I feel like that's who I saw. And then, yeah. And then I do have another story if you want to hear. Well, and I want to ask, where is this, where was this farm located? What part of um, Vermont? This is in Sheldon, Vermont. Sheldon. Okay. Yep. And um, I wish I remembered his last name, but I mean, if you look up murders in Sheldon, Vermont, his name's Kenneth or Kenny. And um, he was working when it happened. He just was shot dead at work and nobody seems to know who did it. Huh. That's to weird. To this day. Yeah. Man. I also want to yeah, point- I got some. Uh... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I want to point out that every, every person I talk to has seen a ghost. They always say that they're just like people. They look like people, you know. Y'all, when you think of someone seeing a ghost, you think of like them being see through or, uh, Casper, know, right? But yeah. everyone I've, I've talked to is just like a normal person was just standing there. And I think, I mean, and from my experience from seeing what I've seen, I've it usually is like for me, it's more of a it's a silhouette of something, but it's lacking the color. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I think that's the part that it's like the VHS tape on replay. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're seeing, a, uh, we'll call it the residual, if we're going to be technical, the residual haunting. Um, but I, I definitely felt when you, you told that part of the story, my friggin' hair stood up for a second on my arms. I'm like, okay, all right. Somebody's got some sensitivity over there. <laughs> well, and when I saw the ghost... He was smiling at me like uh, the kind of smile that a man with a good sense of humor catching a lady in her towel would smile, like kind of <laughs> cheeky, kind of like, oh, hey. and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I wow, really thought right? it was an unexpected visitor. Awesome. And, um, yeah. What's this other, this other story you got? So in the same house, um, I, my husband was traveling, boyfriend at the time, he was traveling and I was house sitting for him. And um, I was also dog sitting his dog. Um, And I turned out the lights, went to bed one night and I just put my phone down. I'd been scrolling my phone. I think I just put it down, closed my eyes for a couple of minutes. And I hear this bang coming from the middle of the house. It was like you dropped a bowling ball right through the roof, through the living room into the basement. And it like shook the house. And um, one of the curtain rods on the window fell off and the dog goes ape shit. He's barking and snarling like somebody just broke into the house. And I'm like, oh my God, we're being robbed. And so I get up, start turning on lights. Maynard, the dog, blows out of the room, runs to the living room. He's barking his head off like a maniac. And there was nothing amiss. Nothing was wrong. I was fully expecting to see the roof caved in or to see a car driven through the front of the house. It was that big of a noise. I don't know if it was like an earthquake or something, but um, 
the dog heard it. The curtain fell off the wall. It was nuts. I couldn't find a thing wrong. The doors were locked. Nobody else was in the house. Um, it was a tiny little house, that little farmhouse. Um, and it freaked me out. I almost took the dog and went back to my apartment because I was like, I don't think I can stay here. I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know if like this house is going to explode. It was so scary, but went to bed, nothing else happened. And then about a year later, I'm living in the house and, um, it's the middle of the night. Same dog is there plus my two dogs. So we have three dogs in the house now. And in the middle of the night, I wake up from a dead sleep to a bang, same thing, just this boom. And I shoot right up in bed and the dogs are going wild. They hear it too. Um, and as I'm opening my eyes, like, oh my God, what's happening. I can see lights outside in the window. And I think it's like emergency lights. Like I remember thinking specifically, oh my God, there's been a car accident. Somebody, um, somebody hit the rock outside because we had a big rock off to the front of the house. And immediately I thought car accident, the ambulance is here, which doesn't make sense that I would hear the noise and then ambulances would be right there. But in my sleepy head, I was like, oh my God, the dogs are barking. There was that big bang. The ambulance is here. My husband is dead asleep beside me. And I get up, the dogs are barking. I go to the front of the house to like open the curtains and there's nothing. It's just pitch black. And this happened one other time. So for a total of three times in that house where I was woken up from a dead sleep by a big bang. Um, the last two times it happened, I saw what I thought was like an ambulance or police cars because I thought there had been a car accident. And I would get up out of bed, go look, turn on the porch light, and there would be nothing. And um, my husband told me that when he first moved into the house, um, there was a car accident out front where two guys in a car went off the road, flipped the car. One of the guys died. He, my husband heard the whole thing um, and went outside and just heard this, the survivor of the car crash screaming his head off and the other person had perished in the car accident. And I've often thought I was experiencing some kind of like, like a playback of that. It, it's, it's, it's extremely riveting and compelling the whole story. And I'm thinking about like, there's a term in my head that keeps coming up when we're talking about like, um, reality. And I saw this once and I told Nick about it not too long ago is time is a lie. Right. And it's, it's interesting because if this is like the record player that's playing and if somebody has the capacity, as you sound like Alice, you have this like sensitivity to things. Right. And if you're have the capacity to just move that needle back a little bit on the record to start the song over again, and you don't realize you're doing it, but you're doing it. And all of a sudden you start being sensitive because I'm thinking like, this is two times now that you've talked about some sensitive situation of a death in the house. Um, the situation with this car accident, because I had a feeling you were going to say there was some sort of connection to some accident because you said people biff on that road. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if there was some sort of traumatic situation. And I, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm just thinking that maybe the co the connection here is you. <laughs> right? No, and I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it like that in a bad way. But from your story from the Fay and your connection there from childhood, you have this sensitivity. Mm -hmm. There's no denying it. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like some sort of residual, residual haunting. I mean, so it happened when when he was living there, and do you know who lives there now? Do you still live there? No, we sold the house and moved, um, and I don't really know the people that live there. It'd just be it, it, interesting to know if if they experiences bang every now and then, you know, but. Could be a residual haunting. I mean, if, if it sounds like a lot of trauma, especially if the guy was screaming the entire time, mm -hmm. a lot of time, yeah. you know, traumatic events like that leave kind of like scar the timeline and they leave an imprint behind. Um, you hear mm -hmm. about it all the time, but yeah, or maybe like that fey creature glamored you and gave you something, some sort of foresight. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's where my head's going to. I mean, you know, like I'm thinking that something would. They're powerful little little creatures. You know, you you don't want to. There's a reason why you don't mess around with them. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for all of our multi-dimensional, interdimensional beings. I I think that exactly what they are. They're what's that? I said that's exactly what they are. You know. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that there's. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, like all cultures mm. kind of have their own version of this through all right. timelines and through all, you know, all of recorded time. There's angels, fairies, yep, creatures. And I and I like that, you know, it's interesting too to about the people that are. Uh, well, I'll call it like us that have the uh, the capacity to open our mind to this unknown, which, you know, people experience stuff. I mean, when Nick and I first met, you know, we <laughs> my experience took him back a little couple pegs, too, about like and he was the one to put together some of the thoughts I had about that metallic sound yeah. and it, it happening during this transitional part that i was in because when you were talking about your experience with that walk past the rock it was reminiscent of my experience as a child and i'll say child you know teenager when i was walking and suddenly time kind of stood still and i the trail the trail we were on which again i don't want to get into too much detail about it you have to check out the other podcast but it disappeared and it sound very similar now that i'm thinking of it mm-hmm yeah, it was just, it's just this whole, and I've heard this before, more often than not, that people feel kind of this out-of-body experience, but also out of the environment experience, like something changed. And it's funny because I was telling Nick, it was like when we, when the, my experience happened, it felt like somebody just took a, a picture of the entire world, a panoramic version, and just kept on spinning it around us, making us think we weren't moving. We were in the same spot the entire time, though we were running. Right. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, he you should. I mean, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. But he had a pretty interesting experience. I'll I'll just I'll I'll tell you really quick because it, it's really cool. There's like this graveyard, right? Yeah. In, in New York somewhere, people have dubbed it like the seventh gate of hell or the thirteenth gate of hell. You know, there's like these gates of hell places all over the country, really. Um, and he's like he just like stepped through this gate and was in like a path a road a dirt road that just fog everywhere closing in on them something chasing them you hear this strange metallic sound that i've heard plenty other stories you got this metallic sound that like seems to like i don't know if it's a gateway opening a portal opening i don't know what it is um and then they were like led back from wherever they were by this ghost caretaker that people have seen you know is is pretty good story so it's just kind of I'm intrigued. I really, yeah, you should check it out. It, you know what? It honestly is um giving me little shades of Mothman, like the um the metallic sound, kind of the the feeling like you're being preyed on a little bit or followed, or right. if that's how I'm interpreting it, if I'm interpreting it correctly. But I mean, um, as kids, we were definitely interpreting it as something's trying to fucking get us, and yeah. uh, we didn't understand it and. The cemetery has lore up the wazoo about different things that have occurred in there. And, you know, this, I, and then now that we're talking about it, the more I kind of wrap my head around it, and the more I talk to people with Nick and talk about these conversations, I would not be surprised if that was some sort of interdimensional being that I mean, brought us out. That it's that's stuck. what it sounded like to me when you, when you were telling me about like it. Stuck. Yeah, I mean it, it uh, like um Coraline, you know? Coraline goes through the portal and the mom's there trying to get her. That's what that's what I thought of. You know, this thing was trying to keep you there. But um And I, to Alice, when you get a chance to check it out, the whole there's like history that backs up what we went through. We did some historical backing on all this stuff and you know, it's a hush hush conversation in the city of Troy. Nobody wants to talk about it. So that's so um, cool. I'm definitely going to give it a listen. Have you, I, I think I'm thinking of the correct uh, book title. I think it's um, Passport to Magonia. And uh, I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> I want to say it's a Jacques Vallée book, but I can't remember. But it's about like uh, kind of the mystical aspects of encounters and how, um, episodes of high strangeness and these encounters with like aliens or fairies or angels or whatever they're all kind of the same thing i'm pretty sure it's passport to magonia i get so many of these references mixed up now because i've i've read too many books but um what you're describing and also it being like uh kind of relative to a specific area where other people also have experienced things like there really probably is something to that. And I honestly think there's in situations like that, there's more evidence to support that the experiences are real than not. Have you experienced anything since that's been similar? Oh, I mean, I've, I did later on in life. Cause I, <laughs> I've been back a couple, I went back twice and we have to do another episode next on me about doing that one about my follow-up. Because uh, I got involved in paranormal investigations for in my late, let's say mid to late twenties, 
um, went back there, did a follow up, and I also did some paranormal experience or uh, investigations. And I'm more of a, I like the scientific mind. I like to break things down and see how it all lines up because, you know, you want to have some something to stand on when you're making these statements. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, and yes, I've had some really interesting things happening, not to the degree of what happened at childhood in my my third visit. We'll call it back there. Something about the threes. Coming back in mm -hmm. threes or something about that. I don't know. It's a, just a choice number. I, I don't know if it's it's like a thing. No, it's a thing. So I mean, and and it's uh, it's one of those uh, components that I feel, and I told Nick this that I felt awoken after that experience myself. I felt like different, right? Like a different kind of uh, perception of things. And you know, initially you don't feel this stuff. You don't really think about it. And you mentioned something very important earlier that you're reading, you're learning more about that experience that you had in the past and you're putting some, we'll call it labels to it. It's amazing how you can have that experience and all of a sudden you start to understand it more as you get older. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have more language for it. There's a lot of things that I think back on from my childhood and like well into my teen years that I just didn't have any context for or any words for. And um, the more I've read and the more life experience I've gained, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's, there's probably something more to that. And um, yeah. As Nick puts the black cat on his chair. I love it. <laughs> No, I mean, what really interests me, like, grabs my attention from your story is this, you know, the vacuum, uh, the lights, the little dude, and how you could, like, uh, half see him, your sister could see him, and then this whole rock concept where, you know, something's telling you not to go past the rock, you go past the rock, the only time you go past the rock, you, you know, you, you, I don't necessarily want to call it you lose time, but you know, you, you get lost. Um, time acts funny, I guess you could say it's just interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Something, something weird going on there. And I truly had never put the two stories together like that ever. Like I, I know I remember the story of getting lost, but it's not one of those things that again, like it's something weird that happened to me that for some reason after it happened, it's like just completely like, it's like, oh, no big deal. When then when I recall it, I'm like, oh no, that was actually like really weird. Right. I mean, you hear about that all the time too, right? With like alien abductions that people don't remember them happening until somebody makes them remember it. Um, You know, like regression therapy or whatever it's called. And Different different markers like um, white owls. I don't know if you're you're seeing that movie like the fourth kind. Yes, owls like. Um, you should read if you haven't already. Um, there's a book by the author Mike Cleland, and it's about um. It's about owls and their uh, connection to high strangeness, and he talks about like. <laughs> folklore and alien abductions and strange sightings of like 
giant owl, like human sized owls that people see that may have been like screen memories and stuff. And he was actually just on an episode of the UFO rabbit hole podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to that, but it's pretty great. I think you'd like it. Huh. It's called down the UFO rabbit hole, but um, Mike it? Cleland is the author's name. Yeah. I've heard of him. I, I have heard of him, but I've, what was the name of it? Was that the name of the episode or the name of the show? Uh, the name of the show is Down the UFO Rabbit Hole. Well, I think back to that, that what is it, the uh, Encounters of the Fourth Kind, and that movie was, I'm going to say for the lack of a better term, fucked me up the first time I saw it because of the fact that I did the research data on it and I did back up. There was some, some of the stuff was, you know, hard to like back it up saying that this is accurate, but However, that one scene where she was essentially every time that person was being essentially possessed, right? We'll call it and 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 think about that. If you took the alien idea, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stretch here. Take the alien idea and you kind of overlap it with possession. And you kind of see how like an abduction looks and works. I just watched the movie and I sent it to you the other day, Nick, about that movie called Nefarious. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It just came out. Um, it's about basically a demon possessing this guy who's on death row. Twisted. <laughs> but the idea behind it, it was a psychological thriller, but the concept of it, it just made me reminiscing, reminiscent of an alien possessing a body doing something creepy and weird like and i mean the fact that their jaws came unhinged in encounters of the fourth kind like they literally separated like because of the the amount of whatever was going through their body and there was something put in perspective the other day i was watching joe grogan's podcast and he was talking about if we think that we're anything special here in the earth that we exist we're just a grain of sand on a, on a beach, right? Between dimensions, between the friggin' planets that every star we see has got 20 planets along with it, you know, or however many. I mean, it's not above the idea that we're all having these kind of experiences with things here. And God knows what it is. I mean, I, I really want to open up the conversation about what just happened at the fucking mall that we just saw. Oh, yeah. That thing over unbelievable. What are you talking Did about? You know, uh, the Bayside Mall in my in Miami. No, I don't think so. There was supposed there was like supposedly it was a bunch of kids, kind of like a riot in a mall with fight. You know, these kids had fireworks and sticks, and they were beating each other up. Right. That that was the story. I mean, it very well could have been. You know, that could have been what happened. Right. But there were like a hundred police cars out front. You know, they shut down the power. They shut down the Miami International Airport. Like all this stuff gets shut down. And I don't know. Some people took some pictures that look like could be something, some sort of monster. There are reports of it, you know, 10 foot tall monsters walking around. But who knows? It could just be. And then uh, we've, you know, they're not pick, they're not good pictures at all. They're just blurry photos. <laughs> So who knows? Classic. <laughs> isn't that classic? Isn't that how isn't that funny how that works? Sasquatch, ghost. <laughs> but um, however, I have to say, 
I did some follow up, and I'm hoping to get him on the podcast. He's uh, he's a gentleman that's all about the truth. He's a truth monger. Um, he did some follow up on this whole thing, and he said, when you look down at the response from the police for teenagers being up unruly and uproar, right? You wouldn't have this kind of output from the local PD. There was, if you look at the footage, there was, there was like a hundred cop cars from the top of the mall. It was insane. I'm like, for, for, uh, for teenagers acting up? And they only arrested people. You think with a (laughs) hundred, two, two cops per vehicle, you know, 200 cops. And that's why I think. And and that's the thing, the media, there's like, there's this whole thing going on with a media blackout, like uh, active uh, ignorance kind of scenario. I don't know. I mean, and this is where, this is what our job is to do, is figure this stuff out, hopefully. I mean, I, we don't have to really get into it, but I heard some crazy stuff. I heard that they were, you know, police officers with these weird machines and they were scanning people's phones and there was kind of like erasing everything and they were weird stuff going on. And that there are these kids, supposedly. They walked into the mall before it happened, right? They had this funky box. They sat down in the center of the mall. They opened the box up. And I guess, like, stuff started coming out of some sort of portal that the box opened up. I don't I mean, this is just stuff that I've heard, but. Um, pretty and crazy. And they said that they saw, like, monsters? Yeah. They were classifying them as 10-foot-tall gray men. Do you remember, was it last winter? They were, that family um, saw, like, a 10 or 12-foot-tall humanoid in their backyard and, like, called the police about it. It was somewhere here in the States. There was some really weird report about it. Was it the Las Vegas? can't remember i remember seeing uh las vegas ufos but i don't remember if the if the tall alien was vegas or not and then of course then i started hearing weird reports out of like i want to say it was like ecuador or something they were saying they were seeing some big big guys in the woods yeah i mean it's not just gonna happen here i think i did a i did an episode on it the the virginia brazil ufo encounter I don't know if you ever heard about that story, but that is like probably one of the best, um, you know, recorded sightings slash evidence um, of there actually being aliens in that the government, because, the, you know, this UFO like comes down, it crashes. These aliens are all running around for like a week. The army's in there trying to gather them all up. The U, you know. Our, our government comes, they fly in, they drive up there, they take the bodies. They, they There was like six dead dead aliens that they gathered. They take the bodies, they fly away. And then when that guy came out, um, David Grush, he, he mentioned it. He was like, you know, we got these bodies. And he, I'm pretty sure he mentioned Virginia. And But, I mean, there's crazy stuff going on. It's not just Roswell, New Mexico, you know. It's happening all over the world. And that gentleman that came out to Congress recently, um, the one that worked for the Air Force, and they had him on Rogan uh, recently. I encourage anybody to listen to it. Um, he's actually coming back out again because he has 
uh, restricted documentation that he was only allowed to speak so much on because he could hurt his family. Yeah. Um, there's more. There's more. What's that, Nick? Was that Grush? David Grush? Yeah. yeah. And now, now <clears throat> there's more coming out that there's supposedly more things that he's able to talk about that they've kind of greenlighted him on. So who the hell knows, right? <laughs> who knows? But either way, the bottom line is, is there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. I think you guys need to give down the UFO rabbit hole a listen because she goes so in depth into this stuff and it's really, really cool. Um, both on like the disclosure stuff and on experiencer stuff. And um, it, it gets pretty, pretty abstract also, which is sort of fun. Sometimes I listen to it and I have to turn it off and just <laughs> digest it a little bit. Cause it's a lot. Yeah. It's I mean, I'd like to do an episode soon on that aerial. Um, it was the next UFO thing i was gonna do i did the virginia one and then i think the aerial that's that's pretty well documented like it probably mm -hmm. most likely happened did you ever read the book abduction by john mack no i i um he went and interviewed he was the harvard psychologist or the harvard professor I, that went and like interviewed all the children after the Oh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And that same guy went to uh virginia and interviewed these three girls who who saw you know one of these aliens too it was the same guy mm -hmm. his books were really compelling because they were i feel like because they were told in a very like objective right way well, I mean, he was like a professional psychologist yeah he was like a harvard professor yeah um and yeah, he, his books are great. They'll keep you up at night. <clears throat> and that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. I try to keep, I don't want to, like, I like talking about weird stuff like that, but I mean, I don't, I don't want it to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> if it hasn't already, Nick, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we were talking about owls. I was in the woods one day years ago and I had a, one of those snowy owls that flew out of a tree and came right at me and like flew over my head and was, you know, I never, the only time I've ever seen one. So I don't know. I mean, are you still in Vermont? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, where in Vermont are you? Uh, if you're at Liberty to say. Like Bells <laughs> Falls, Southern Vermont. Okay. That seems really far away for a snowy owl no we right. i've seen them here like um i've seen them twice here in my whole life yeah i've only seen a snowy owl twice they're right. i feel like this is south for them like far far south so that's unusual i feel that you would see one right and this was on my grandparents land which you know i go there all the time i been in and out of these woods my whole life and i've never ever seen seen you know one before or since it was just that one time came out of the this branch and literally like i thought it was gonna i don't know try and carry me away it was it was coming right at me and i was like ah and it flew away and they're so quiet they're so <laughs> so quiet it's eerie 
and they look like you look at them they, they almost look like people like you're looking at a human face it's it's weird well and you can get lost in their eyes i mean i've never seen one up close and personal but um just seeing the image of it and especially after seeing uh encounters of the fourth kind that maybe have a whole different perception of what owls can kind of resemble if we were going to call it the grays we're going to get technical here but um i was thinking back too about like true stories like fire in the sky was you know that was based on travis walton um his experience and he's been interviewed so many damn times throughout history here his story hasn't changed one bit yeah like it's spot on every time it's exactly how he experienced it and I think that's one thing that I find when we talk to people, at least I do, is I look at the comparing, right? Like how how much of the facts are brought together. And I imagine if, Alice, we asked you the same conversation maybe two weeks from now, I imagine you'd be able to tell us this story in detail and probably keep the details straight. Well, I mean, I asked yeah. her about it three, four years ago, you know, like originally. Yeah. But um. Yeah, Travis walton is a is consistent in his retelling of things and so were all of his friends too that were there um and many of they all except one guy i believe um everybody passed polygraph tests and i think the one guy it wasn't that he didn't it wasn't that he failed it it was that it was kind of like inconclusive yeah. um but yeah, I think when something affects you really deeply, you don't forget it. Or like, I don't know if you've ever been through something um, like traumatic or something, you know, like I was in a car accident one time. And when that happened, time slowed down. And I remember smells. I remember, I just remember it vividly and I'll never forget it, you know? And when something happens to you that you can't explain and it impacts you like that you never forget it you remember I, I I this is me anyway but like I remember smells and I remember impressions I have and um DMT yeah you know yeah and that's why like when it comes down to the psyche the the subconscious is a nice is a funny little place where sometimes it can hide things from you and sometimes it can bring them right forward and when you find that key which the five senses is always a good exercise when you're trying to recall things. Ninety um, percent of the time, somebody that's been suppressing a memory, and it's interesting. You were an example of it today. You weren't even thinking about that second experience that you had, Alice, when you went back into the woods, totally, you know, right over your head initially, and then all of a sudden you had that aha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I think yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love the story. I love the Fae. I mean, I, I really think when it comes down to it, they're um could be the the answer. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a crazy theory I have. I mean, they just you know, aliens, angels, demons, you know, I think it's all connected to the Fae. I really do. Or and even we call them the Fae, but they're what they are, are like interdimensional you know, like earth spirits. I don't, you know. I underwent a past life regression a couple, well, it was probably a year ago now, actually. 
Um, and it was very cool. And in this regressive state where I was hypnotized, I, um, the hypnotist was asking me to like meet spirit guides or ancestors and things like that. And one of the, um, consistent presences that kept coming forward was like a, a being of some kind that was, didn't really have form or shape or whatever. And my impression at the time was I wasn't thinking like angels or anything like that. I was actually thinking fairy or um, elemental, I guess, is what yeah. I would say, like mm -hmm. some kind of elemental presence. Um, and it was somehow a part of my ancestry. And that was just the feeling I had. It didn't tell me that, but I just had a feeling like I might have been related to it somehow. And then I remembered that um in some folklore the people of ireland are said to be descended from the little people and i'm half irish or half irish ancestry um and i don't know i thought that was really cool too and nick you seem like you're very like connected to the fae and that it really holds like a huge significance for you like what what is it that intrigues you so much about it i don't i don't really know i mean i've been for a couple of years now i've been kind of just documenting all this stuff that i'm coming across when it comes to the fae you know a lot of people talk about angels um i listen to a lot of other paranormal podcasts and they always seem to connect it to christianity in some way right um I just have a hard time with that. I, you know, it's just the, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I haven't quite figured out how to explain it. Um, but like, you know, you're, you talk about angels and demons, right. And it only goes back as far as, you know, you know, the Bible, um, which, is, which is essentially just a book, you know, written by a bunch of people. And then, a religion thrown together by even more people, you know? So when you think of it like that, where, you know, supposedly God told them, you know, this stuff, which was then passed down and these people wrote in a book. Now who's God? Is he, who really is God? Where did he come from? Is he just some sort of higher being? Are there other God-like figures somewhere else? The Fae just seem, I call them the Fae, what I'm, what I really mean are like elementals or the, you know, interdimensional beings is probably a better term that people can understand easier. Um, but stories of the, you know, the Fae go back thousands and thousands of years. Greek mythology, you have, you know, Sumerians talking about Anunnaki. Now people, you know, ancient aliens, the TV show calls them aliens. Was, Zachariah Sitchin and all these guys there. And, and so people often relate them to aliens, but I think, you know, they they sound more like fey beings or, or I, I'm hope I was going to do it this week, but I ended up having you come on. I've, I've been doing this whole research of primordial, primordial beings, you know, the cosmic sea, all these religions throughout the world. Even Christianity has its roots within this thing called the cosmic sea. It's a chaos. Every religion is born from chaos. Now, what's chaos? And supposedly, you know, chaos is alive 
as well as these primordial beings who who exist within chaos they were already existed prior you know to these second and third generation gods that we would know like zeus and thor and odin you know they're gods before them that birthed these you know these gods where did they come from you look into christianity or you know and like judaism christianity and, and islam they're all born from the same you know Ab they're all abrahamic religions they're all born from the same idea and even them you know i got it in my phone i can't remember it off the top of my head but you know they that involved a cosmic ocean where you know god kind of just appeared and started forming things well you know you got a native american tribes that talk about the same thing cosmic ocean and all of a sudden these gods appear and starts forming everything and it's, it's not just them it's, it's everybody just something that you know where who who are these beings there's obviously somebody was here before who started something i don't believe it was all just luck you know i think there there's definitely some sort of higher power at work but what is it i mean and then i don't know another thing that gets me is do you feel what? well i was just gonna ask you as you're talking and you're becoming very existential and you're very <laughs> you're like you're i can see the web of your thoughts like creeping outward and i'm wondering sometimes if you're a lot closer to those things than you realize you are because you're sort of looking away or like distracted by the research like do you have experiences like do you no, have your own personal experiences so. with the fae are you looking for them i don't know i mean i don't know i mean i'd like to i guess but at the same time it, it scares me it's not necessarily something i want to get involved in you know you hear all these stories of the fae they trick you you get stuck in the fae realm you know it doesn't seem like it's something you necessarily want to get involved in. And and when you told me the story originally, that's what I thought of. I was like, this guy, this this creature, he's trying to to draw you in. He's you know he's gonna like, start offering you things, pull you in there. You're gonna get <laughs> lost. You know, you're never gonna come back. But I don't know. There's just so much stuff going on. Um, and I'm trying to piece it all together. And obviously, I'm not some. I don't know, college professor. I just, I'm just looking on my phone and all this different stuff, but the, the ties between religions is very interesting. I don't understand how, you know, one person can be like, my, my God is the true God. While a whole, another person who believes in something totally different is like, no, my God's the true God. I think it's the same God, you know, if there is a God, it's, it's the same God. It's just presenting itself in a, in a different way. And I think it all well, I wanted to well, I was gonna say that the the concept of God is just a word, right? You know, it's not something that we can actually put a definition to. And I think unfortunately enough, as human beings, we have a tendency of trying to define something that we don't understand. And that happens more often than not. But I think about like God in general, like the concept of it, like if you think of the stars and you look up in the sky. And I study the brain quite often. That's just what I do. <clears throat> and the stars themselves, if you were to look at them from a different kind of viewpoint, they kind of look a lot like a brain, right? Different stars, different neurotransmitters. Uh, we call de 
dendritic spines, which are memories that are built into your brain. And, and if what if the universe is the God? Right. What if the universe is this? We're living in this brain of this thing, right? I know this sounds really fucking crazy, but I'm going to say it. It's just it's just like we're in this this thing's mind and we're in one of those one of those little one of those little uh, neurotransmitters in this mind. And it's creating these other beings and things. And, you know, you think I, you guys mentioned a lot about these elementals and stuff. And I do believe that, you know, the Sumerian texts are starting to come getting a lot of um a lot of traction lately. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Dead Sea Scrolls. They found a couple more. And Christianity is essentially based on the Sumerian text. They took what they wanted out of it right. and used the rest for manipulation. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, these religions, they're all they kind of pick and choose. Like, the Noah's <sighs> flood was talked about, you know, a thousand years earlier in Sumerian lore. So they just they're just pick it that's why it just doesn't make sense to me, you know. I mean, obviously, I also believe Jesus was a real person, you know. I you know, so it, it's it's a tricky slope that I'm on trying to figure this all out. And and one thing that I really get hung up on a lot is you know, possession. It really seems like you know, calling out the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, seems to work. And why is that? Why does that work? You know, is there, there, if that works, there's got to be something behind it to back it up. I don't know if it's intent, you know, hundreds of years, a thousand years, they've developed this, this method of, of ridding someone's spirit or soul of a, of a, you know, a demon. Is it that? Is it the intent and all the, I don't know. It's something that I get hung up on a lot. I feel that. Personally, I feel like um, 100% of it is intention and that language doesn't matter as much as intention matters. Yeah. I think that um, when you have people who feel like they are possessed or are claiming to be possessed, I think, um, I believe people when they say that they have experienced that. And um, I believe that... Um, possession can be as simple as like having an obsession over something or being addicted to something. Um, and that intention is huge when you're trying to energetically set yourself free from really heavy stuff. And I think some people do that on their own. I think that some people do that with prayer or a priest. I think some people do it with counseling even, um, I know personally, like, um, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've been sober for several years. And when I, thank you. And when I, uh, probably for the first like year or so that I wasn't drinking anymore, um, it was like coming to the light again, almost. Mm -hmm. I realized like what a dark hole I'd been in for many years. And I do look at it. I don't claim to that. I was like possessed, but energetically I was kind of stuck and bound in this place and couldn't couldn't get out for the life of me and when I watch movies about possession or hear about people having like like long episodes of depression and things like that to me that's 
it's like having a demon on your back or having some kind of it is like a like a type of possession i guess but so maybe not in like the religious sense but i think that there's maybe varying degrees of it and then varying treatments for it and if the catholics have their words for it and their cures for it they can do that and you know if other cultures have their own language for it they can do that um i don't think too deeply about it because i think it really has mostly to do with intention i'll add that i too i've been sober for 10 years from everything um yeah <laughs> i mean i've talked about it on the wow. show so i don't know why i but um but yeah i mean i was addicted to drugs i know. didn't know that about you Oh yeah, I was. Well, let me add, let me add to the conversation. I'm going on 21 <laughs> years sober myself. Oh my God, you guys! <laughs> okay, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, in, yeah, I've been in recovery <laughs> for 21 years. 21 years as of May 16th. So, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that says something too to the conversation about. Sometimes we have a tendency. I think a lot of people I've worked with over the years and that's one of the biggest passions i have is working with people and helping them um sometimes they have to dull the senses because they just can't handle it all you know if you think about that and alice your story sounds kind of reminiscent of that idea that maybe there was a lot you know and again personally i'm not going to get into that but your connection with this other realm right we'll call it or this connection with something else I've seen it time and time again where people have tried to dull their senses because they can't handle it. They think they're losing their mind. Yeah. Right. And that could be, if you want to classify it in a technical sense, a form of possession. But I also want to take it a step further and thinking about possession too. There's some outlandish shit I've seen um, with people literally changing who they are in a possessive state. Mm -hmm. um for example perfect example would be split i don't know if any of you guys have seen that movie yeah that movie's creepy so, with the the one man that has the is and the girl cap he has her captive yeah yes it's in in the gentleman that's in it he's he's suffering what we used to call multi uh personality disorder it's actually called did disassociative identity disorder and each personality, his persona physically changed. Yeah. So the mind's powerful, right? Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Catholic Church has been battling that for forever. You know, is someone possessed or are they mentally ill? Right. Do they have epilepsy or are they possessed? I, my, I have a dog actually that has epilepsy. And the first time I ever saw her have a seizure, I thought this is why people believe in demons because it is otherworldly to watch another creature convulse and oh. drool and foam at the mouth. And um, it's unreal. It really is otherworldly to see. And she she's this beautiful black pit bull mix and she's sweet and she looks like a big teddy bear 99% of the time. But when she's having a seizure and her teeth are bared and mm. her eyes are bulging, I'm like, whoa, you look kind of demonic right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I work with people that have dementia now and it's um, when they're angry or upset, um, their characteristics change. And I, again, I think we go back to this kind of, 
the the I don't know if you want to call it that the creatures we are, there's more to us than what society says, what the powers that be say, and even what our friends say about us. I just talked to this is this kind of the same. I just talked to someone who they work at a hospital. They're not a nurse, but they work like on the floor. And there was someone who had dementia, an old lady that came in and uh, she was there for like a week or something. Right. And she's having all these fits and she kept, you know, sundowning. It get, gets worse. And she kept talking about someone being in a room. Right. And you just think like, oh, she's confused. Something's going on. She's always telling this person to get out of my room, get out of my room. Um, and then this lady is sitting at her desk. One one day when this this older lady's having a fit, one of her, you know, fits um and she sees a shadow move across the room and it flipped the uh the tray you know at her at their bedside flipped the tray and slammed the bathroom door open wait a minute nick wasn't it the whole the actual whole entire tray holder she flipped yeah the whole or the tray. thing flipped and it, had, and it had happened before and the nurses were like oh yeah it must be her no one saw her do it but um, they all thought this whole time that the old lady, you know, the lady was doing it. But this this, you know, other lady who was working at the desk was like, I saw something do that. That wasn't the lady. That was the lady's telling this thing to get out of her room the whole time. Um, And there might have been something there. So I don't know. But that even says, too, is about I remember this. I remember this interview you did. And that woman was very feeble. The one that was that the woman with the dementia so she there's no way in hell i mean anything's possible but no way in hell she had the strength to move this metal large tray that hangs over a hospital bed those ones that they wheel in yeah put food on yeah flipped it over i mean unless some sort of friggin the woman the 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 old the woman had some sort of telekinesis run away we're not gonna rule it out right (laughs) you never know but i mean i think the whole thing was that she could have been possessed herself and maybe she wasn't right. Fully, right. Uh, you know, maybe she didn't have dementia, but I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky slope that I don't really know if it, like how I want to approach, even approach that, that for the show. Like, cause dementia is obviously a real thing. You know, people have dementia, but maybe some of them have something else going on. I don't know. I mean, I know have for you... a fact dementia exists, one hundred percent. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But are there times that dementia can be uh, misclassified? Right. That's what I'm. Yeah. I mean, and like right. I said, the Catholic Church has been fighting that for a thousand years. Alice, you look like Isn't... you have a thought. <laughs> I'm. I just was reminded of that movie. It was like the possession of um... Deborah Emily Rose. Oh, I can't remember. But it's basically an older woman that they think is starting to have um, episodes yeah. of dementia, and she ends up being possessed. And like Deborah Walker, or the taking of Deborah Logan. The or taking of, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that one's creepy. <laughs> I think the one that scared the I mean, shit out of me the most was the the possession of Emily Rose. Yeah, I love that. That's based on the Annalise Michel. Uh, story which is crazy yeah i know that story i mean i watched i watched uh <laughs> we're gonna be talking about movies we always talk about movies at some point 
I watched the possession like 10 years ago. It was like the first date I ever went out with my wife and I watched that movie and I had to sleep with the lights on for like a week. Oh. <laughs> I get, and listen, man, I get it. Like that whole series and you and I had, it. we talked about them recently, that whole, the, that, that family tribune of, of handling these paranormal situations. Um, yeah, there, there's something to do that, man. It's crazy. <laughs> But, um, have you interviewed many people who work in hospitals because they have some insane stories? No, I mean, I get a lot of people saying they have stories, but uh, it's hard to get them to come on the show. I believe it. But yeah, I mean, I've had tons of people tell, tell me about them. And I know that there is, for, I know 100% that there's a, a haunted room you know, at the hospital here in, in Keene, New Hampshire. It's kind of south from me, but um, there's definitely a haunted hospital room where they all know about it. You know, they're like, oh, that's just Jerry or whatever his name is. It's kind of funny how people just say it's just, that's <laughs> just Ted. He's just moving yeah. around at night, you know. Um, and I think, and I get it too. People sometimes don't want to, put themselves out there to say, you know, I, I experienced, they don't want people to look at them funny. And I think that's part of the problem. You probably, there's a lot of people that have had these experiences. They just don't want to talk about them. Oh yeah. I have no shame anymore about embarrassing myself with kooky stories. And I'm a hairstylist. And one of my favorite things to do is interview my clients about their paranormal experiences and I have to say, I think every single person I've ever spoken to, except for, you know, the occasional few, most of them have a story about seeing a ghost or right. seeing a UFO or um, having a premonition. It's pretty wild how oh. common it is. Um, and my favorite thing since I started working in the town that I moved to is to collect all of the stories that are specific to this town. And it's, it's super wild, the stuff that people will tell me. It's unreal. But again, we're in my salon, which is private, and nobody else is listening but me. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's the stigma behind it. You know, you're like, oh, you're crazy. You know, people, pretty much anybody you talk to is going to have some sort of, you know, encounter with something strange. It's just a matter of, getting them to talk, talk about it. You know, it's funny that that word gets tossed around so much because crazy isn't necessarily what crazy means. And that's the thing that's odd because crazy means you're out of your mind. You can't think straight. You're not able to contemplate reality or time or place. I'm okay with you calling me crazy. Cause I know what the hell I've experienced and I know what other people tell me about what they're experiencing. And they're not crazy. They just had something happen to them right mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah i think we should wrap this up we talked about a lot of of different things thanks for sticking yeah. around for it <laughs> did you have fun alice yeah absolutely oh my god yeah we definitely went way beyond your your um your fey encounter and talked about some pretty interesting things so yeah, once, well, I think that speaks to the 
to the whole nature of all of this stuff is that it does appear to be all interconnected. There's always tons of synchronicities and coincidences and themes. And I think you can't really talk about one thing without kind of dabbling in all of the other material too. So actually there was one thing I wanted to ask really quick before you leave. Um, does your family still own does like your mom and your stepdad, do they still own that house on that property? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my mom actually talks about wanting to sell the property and my stepdad loves it there. My mom, I think, feels like it's claustrophobic and doesn't want to stay there anymore <laughs> and hasn't for years. Yeah. Um, and some of that could be because she wants to move closer to me and all my sisters. We live about 45 minutes away from her now. But um, yeah, they still live there. My stepdad still um uh, works the sugar bush and makes maple syrup from those woods. And, um, yeah. Well, I know like in the summer I got some plans to trying to spread my, my wings here. Um, I'd like if possible, I'd like to get up there at some point just to look around, you know, I've got some meters and some, some stuff that I can bring and just to see what we should go to more leather rock. I should that? take you there. The the big rock that we wouldn't walk past, we called oh, it right. Morla the Ancient yeah. One after the never ending story. And um, because it looks like a big turtle sleeping <laughs> in the forest. And yeah, I'll take you there sometime if you want. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I that'd be a, that'd be great. It'd be cool to get up there and check it out. And I won't get us lost, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to go past the rock. So I know what happened last time. We won't. We, nobody goes past the rock anymore except my stepdad. All right. And um, he'll probably tell you some crazy stories, too. He's got some pretty wild haunting stories. His mom still lives in a haunted house here in Enosburg, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. Um, and yeah, his family's full of it. So is this, is this, I'm just remembering this. Is he the guy? Didn't you mention at some point somebody saw a shadow man or some something? I have to look way back. This is way years ago. Now, you know what I'm talking about? Some sort of shadow or gray man, the gray man. Oh, oh, that happened just a couple miles from my house. That was um, a client of mine was telling me this story. So um, it was very weird. So uh she came in to get her hair done this girl um and she has this tattoo on her leg and it says don't shoot the small bears and there's a sign in this place that we call the gibu here in montgomery and the sign says don't shoot the small bears and when i saw her tattoo i was like no way how does she know what the gibu is and i was like um explain the tattoo and she's like oh my uncle has this camp in the place called the gibu i'm like oh i know the gibu how do you know the Gibu? <laughs> and yeah. we started talking about it. And the Gibu is real backcountry. Like a lot of the people who live out there, the town doesn't even come out and plow the roads, like class four roads, lots of deer camps. Um, and she said that her uncle had this deer camp and that he had this famous story of going out hunting. And as he's sitting in his tree or wherever he is, he notices something watching him. And it's, she, she said all he said was it was a gray face and hmm. that it was watching him from the brush somewhere. And he got so scared by it 
that he booked at home. He was like, nope, nope, nope. And just started heading back for the camp. And he kept looking behind him and this gray face was trailing him the whole way home. Huh. And incidentally, and I don't know how true this is, um, but Gibu is spelled G-I-B-O-U and it's called Gibu Road, but we all call it the Gibu. And um, I have heard that it is actually supposed to be Jabitabu, which is French for home of the owl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you left me on some thought. I'll tell you that much. All right. (laughs) What do you say, Nick? We go up there and take a look around? Anytime. Yeah, (laughs) I'm definitely interested. At least the rock, you know. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Alice, if a fucking head comes out of the rock and starts talking to me, <laughs> you're not going to see me very long, okay? So, turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my mom would love it if you came to visit with your equipment and told her that her place was haunted. She would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. It was really nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. Don't be strangers and let me know when you're in the area and I'll take you to the creepy places. Yeah. And don't forget to check out that podcast, the Pinewood episode. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely. It it's very similar to, to yours in, in many ways. So cool. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> What'd you think? That was a good good dis- discussion. That was a good discussion. Yeah, two hours did we go? I know. Something it was like good. That. Yeah, my wife's gonna kill me. <laughs> uh it's all right. My wife's already giving me the glare from the other fucking side. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. But yeah, I mean, interesting story. Uh, like I said, I had talked to her years ago, years and years ago, and I had told this story in the past. Not a lot of people have listened to, to that episode. You know, it was one of my first episodes. Not a lot of people have listened to it. So I wanted to get it out here. I wanted her to come on and tell it. It's just something that, like I said, the Faye, you know, I'm down with the Faye. It's very interesting to me. So I wanted to get her on to tell it. And uh, the, the uh, what am I thinking of? The thing you did with her, with the... Uh... Oh, the memory recollection? Yeah, specifically with the... I'm drawing a complete blank right now. The five senses? Yeah, the senses. That that was interesting. Um, it seemed to work, which was interesting, too. I just wanted to point that out. Um... People have a tendency of tying things to scent, smell... Things of that nature. And that's why when, especially when we have somebody that's going through this, it's important to, I think, just as, even as a therapist, I do that to get more information out of the story. And all of a sudden you saw her eyes start moving back side to side behind her eyelids. Right. Stuff was starting to come in, man. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a strange, strange spot. So it'd be nice to get up there at some point um, just to check it out. But um, but yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Listen, 
was good conversation as usual. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, look, stare at the back of my eyelids for a little while before I gotta get up for work tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that definitely sounds almost canon to me. <laughs> <laughs>